if y'all remember, how many of you would say that you've had questions about Christianity? And then I think most of us would say, yeah, we have questions about it. And so I talked about how I contemplated things about God, even when I was itty-bitty rubbing boogers on the wall on that bottom bunk. And then I asked y'all how many of you had done that, and I had like one honest person in the whole room, except for some of some of y'all were just completely grossed out. But uh, we found out that there's a lot of compelling information that shows that we're happy when our lives line up with Scripture. And uh, Lindsay went over a lot of information last week in covering racism and diversity. And once again, our goal was to to lay a foundation or to know our foundation according to biblical truth and just gain the ability to defend our faith. And we also found out that Christianity is the most diverse, multi-ethnic, socioeconomically diverse, multicultural movement all of history, which is awesome. And what we're going to learn tonight, or the question that we'll go over tonight is, how can you take the Bible literally, or how can you believe that the Bible is true? And I think this is a great question to answer because my kiddos have already asked this question. They didn't, they didn't actually ask that question specifically. It more sounded like, how do we know that the stories in the Bible are real? That's what they asked me. And I'm so grateful that they didn't ask me this question when they were picking their nose, rubbing boogers on the wall. Um, they're, yeah, well, they didn't do that. I'm, I'm grateful for my kiddos. They're so much better kiddos than I ever was. I'm very blessed. So the author of this book puts the information so well, and I've used most of the information that she included in the book alongside of my personal stories. And the truth is, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, and it makes some incredible claims if you sit down and you think about it. So it claims that there's a God that made the universe. It claims that God sent his son to the world to die for the, to die on a cross for us. It claims that Jesus performed miracles, that he rose from the dead, and that he now lives in his followers in us through his Holy Spirit, and that he's gonna he's going to come back someday. So these are some very serious claims, and I would need some serious evidence in order to believe into to believe these claims. So for the sake of time, what I'm going to do tonight is just I'm going to focus on Jesus himself. And we'll find out that there's some good evidence to believe what the Bible says about him. So the first question that we'll, we'll answer tonight is, did Jesus exist? So all serious historians agree that he did. And there's evidence outside the Bible from people that didn't even like Christians that confirmed that Jesus was a first century Jewish teacher that was crucified by the Romans during the reign of the emperor Tiberius under the authority of Pontius Pilate. And the Christians believed that he was the Messiah, and they worshipped him. And we also have accounts of Jesus' life from the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which include all kind of accurate detail of the time and the place that in which Jesus lived. And there's actually more manuscript evidence uh, for the life of Jesus than we do for anybody else, those historical figures during that time important historical figures, including the Roman emperor, Tiberius, who ruled during Jesus' ministry. That's crazy that there's more manuscriptual evidence of Jesus than, than the ruler of that time. So when Jesus was born, most people couldn't read and write. 
So what they learned was learned by listening. So the disciples or the students, would they would learn the teachings of their teacher by heart. And this would be similar to, you know, learning all the lyrics of a song or like learning everything that happens in a movie. When I was a kid, one movie that I knew, heart by heart, like knew exactly what was going to happen next was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I knew, ex- I knew exactly what they're going to say and knew exactly what they're going to do. It was so good. And then in high school, was, I was going on a mission trip where I was actually coming back from a mission trip and I was going to learn this song. That was my goal on the van ride back home. And so we had a CD player in the back and we just kept replaying that song. We'd get the first part of it. We'd replay it again until we added, you know, we'd add a few words and then we, we memorized the entire song. I'm sure it was so annoying to hear that song over and over again. Some of you have heard it. I've, I've played it for you. The distance. So the first part goes, reluctantly crouched at the starting line, engines pumping and thumping in time. That's all I'm going to do. But that song was amazing. Anyways, we got it done. We figured out all the lyrics to that song. So Jesus had 12 disciples, and he also had a lot of other followers that traveled with him. So thousands of people heard his teachings and witnessed his miracles. And one of the last things that Jesus tells his disciples is the Great Commission out of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he says, Teach them to, to obey everything that I have commanded you. So in the beginning, or at first, the disciples taught everything that they had learned by word of mouth. And when the first eyewitnesses were beginning to die out, four accounts of Jesus' life were written down in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So New Testament scholar Richard Bauckham, he points out that writers would often mention names of other people that they talked to. So in other words, they're like, if you don't believe me, then you can go ask this person. You know, they saw it with their own eyes. And experts believe that Mark was written first, and it was probably written 35 to 45 years after Jesus' death. And that might seem like a long time, but when you put it into perspective, that's not too long after his death. So let's look at it this way. Some of of my favorite stories are of Lindsay's pawpaw. And so when I asked Lindsay, you know, what her favorite stories were of her pawpaw, she first said that the one about the San Juan Rodeo which was his last ride. So his last ride was a bull ride, is what I'm referring to. So he was in the Army. He hadn't ridden for about a year. Now the gate, and five seconds later, he said that the bull jerked the rope out of his hands, and he went straight back, and he hit the ground, and the bull pooped on his hat before he even hit the ground. And he's like, what an experience. And then the other story is when he was around 11 years old, he snuck into the pens to ride the bulls. So he hopped over on a small bull. He got bucked off, and he he hit hit something on the corner post. And so for weeks to come, his mom said that he was acting a little bit crazy. And so one of his favorite ways to pass the time was to he would dust the baseboards with his fingers in the bedroom and the bathroom. And he said that he did that for about 
like 20 times a day. So he had like some, some OCD after he hit this corner post. So his mom recognized that he wasn't really being himself and she took him to this neurologist in Lubbock. And his diagnosis, the neurologist diagnosis was that he was reading too many funny books. And that's some quality, quality care right there from a true professional. But upon, Comics? Well, in the very beginning, or the very end, I asked the question about what it is. So upon returning to the ranch, uh, his mom took him to the chiropractor who revealed that his vertebra was out of place and it was actually like pushing on a nerve. And the chiropractor is like, I don't even know how he's even able to think right now. So three treatments in, he was good as new. And the only mystery left to solve was, what is a funny book? <laughs> but he's told the same stories to Lindsay, to actually to Lindsay's dad and her aunt first, then to Lindsay. And now he's told the same stories to Conley and Bodie. So that's been over 35 years of the same story. And I believe those stories word for word. And the difference between the stories that Paul tells and the stories about Jesus is there are four accounts to make sure that the Gospels were written down so that they'd still be accurately told to us after the eyewitnesses had, had died and couldn't be consulted with anymore. So these stories were way too important. And Jesus' followers didn't want anything to be changed about what Jesus had done and what he'd said. Our second question is, what if people just made up stories about Jesus? So one of my favorite stories to tell when I was little, me and my brother were little, we used to go out to this place. It's where my dad worked. It was, it was called Rollercone, and it's outside of Toya. And so we'd go on the weekends with them. And when I was a kid, this place seemed huge. And it really was. It was huge. It was like this huge factory. Had industrial farming equipment everywhere, and we had so much fun out there. But I, I guess I had been out there one time by myself because I decided to make up a story to tell my brother. So they had these loading ramps. So these loading ramps would be about like four to five feet deep. And the semi truck would back up into that loading ramp so that you could unload everything off that truck easier. Like the bottom of the doors would be level with the slab. And so I, you know, at that time I had no idea what they're even for. I just, you know, I was like, this is my playground. This is where we're going to play. And I loved going out there because there's so many stories. But anyways, there was a pallet on the edge of this, on the edge of this ramp and it had a piece of plywood on it. Like somebody had used it to load and unload a truck. And so I'd gone the weekend before and I'd, I decided to tell my brother that when I was out there without him, I backed way up on my bicycle and I got all this speed. And I hit that ramp and I did a backflip and then landed on the ramp, both tires, and then rode off. And he was like, are you serious? Like, yeah, man, of course. And then so what happened next was amazing. He, he not only believed everything that I told him, he decided that he was going to try it. <laughs> so he, he gets on his bike and he gets, he gets so much speed and he hits the ramp, and I'm expecting him to at least get some air, you know? But it was like watching somebody in a cartoon. Like, he just went straight down and just busted. And I couldn't, I was on the edge to where I couldn't see him once he 
went down into the ramp. It's like a four to five foot drop, which seemed huge for me when I was a kid. So I looked over the edge and he just laid down on his bike, moaning and groaning like, oh, and I just pointed over the edge. I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I had to tell him, I was like, dude, I didn't do any of that. I just made all of that up. And so what do you think happened next? What? He didn't, he didn't believe me. And not only that, he made me do the exact same thing. He's like, if you don't do it, I'm going to whoop you. So I did the exact same thing. I hit it. No backflips, nowhere, just busted. It was, it was ridiculous. What injuries did you face? No injuries. I was okay. So, so let's go back to the original question. What if people just made up stories about Jesus? And there's, there's a lot of problems with this theory. First, one of the craziest sounding claims in the Gospels is that Jesus rose from the dead. And you might make up a story for someone that someone had risen from the dead. If there was, you know, a lot of money involved, for me, making up that story was to get attention or fame. But the truth is, if people might kill you for saying that, you'd probably stop, you'd probably stop saying that story, right? And that, that is exactly what I told Conley and Bodie when they asked me, how do I know that the stories in the Bible were true? We know that many of Jesus' followers, first followers, were beaten and they were killed for what they believed in. And they had spent time with Jesus and believed that he was the Son of God. And if there was any question in their minds that he was not the Son of God and that he had not rose from the dead, they would, they would have not died and what they believed for, or for what they believed in. And second, the stories in the Gospels are really embarrassing. So I don't tend to tell too many of my embarrassing stories unless it helps somebody else out, you know? Like, if they're going through something that's really tough or, like, overwhelmingly embarrassing, I might be like, well, this happened to me too, you know, kind of empathize with them a little bit. So we've been talking about the Gospels, and in the Gospel of Mark, experts believe that His gospel was based on Peter's memories of Jesus. So Mark tells us that Peter had promised that he would stick with Jesus even when everyone else ran away. And that's on that scripture up there, Mark 14, 29 to 31. So Peter's sounding really good so far. But on that same night when Jesus was arrested, Peter claimed three times that he didn't even know who Jesus was. And if that were me, I, I wouldn't have told anybody about that story unless it really happened. And I think that Peter must have thought that it was important to include that story. And as strong as Peter was, he was he was a follower of Christ. He was one of the founders of the first church. He actually ends up being killed for being a follower of Christ. He thought that it was important to include this part of the story. And he wouldn't have included it unless it really happened and thought that telling the truth about Jesus was more important than what people thought about him. And the last question is right here. Is there any evidence for the resurrection? So two years ago, I, I think it was still in March, they, be, they began to predict just how many cases there would be for the coronavirus. And at that time when they came out with that prediction, I was like, dude, there's no way. That's what I told Lindsay. There's no way it's going to be that high. And I think that we can all remember what happened after that. You know, schools were closed, offices closed, games got canceled, church stopped stop meeting up for a while. If you would have told me that was going to happen, I would not have believed you. 
The coronavirus has seemed to start in one place, but it spread from person to person until it was all over the world. And you can't see the, the virus itself without a microscope, but the evidence for it is everywhere. And the evidence of the resurrection is similar to that. But instead of being the terrible news of death, it's the most powerful news of life. So even though Jesus told his disciples that he was going to rise from the grave, Jesus' disciples still did not expect it. And they were actually like pretty scared and upset whenever he was crucified. And as we talked about just a little bit ago, Peter was so scared that he couldn't even admit that he knew Jesus. So three days after Jesus' death, some of the female followers said that they'd seen Jesus alive. And I love this story because to me, it just shows how much God places value on women. And I get to do a message on this later in the series. And I, I thought about skipping ahead and doing it this, this week, but I was like, no, I need to, I need to do this message, but I'm excited about this message. So at this time, people, they didn't take what women said very seriously. And so if you wanted to come up with a convincing story, that's, that's not where you'd think to start. So it'd be like me making up a story right now and then telling it's like some itty bitty kids. And so the only reason that the Gospels would say that women were the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection was if they really were. And additionally, if the Roman and Jewish authorities had came up with the body of Jesus, they could have proved that Jesus had not been raised from the dead, but they didn't. They couldn't come up with the body. So turning a few scared disciples into people who were willing to give their lives, proclaiming that Jesus had been raised from the dead, took a miracle. And Jesus' followers began spreading the news until it was all around the world. They proclaimed that Jesus had died on the cross for our sins and had been raised from, from the dead to give us new life. So for 2,000 years, this new life has been spreading from person to person. And I believe that God who made the universe has the power to raise his son from the dead. And he did. And guys, I'm barely scratching the surface with these arguments and we're going to cover some more in depth whenever Lindsay goes over science, the science portion of the series. And I think that these are the most important arguments to cover when we're talking about Jesus, because the only way to the Father is through the Son. And we have to know where we stand when someone asks us the questions about Jesus. So right now, I'd, I mean, we in the past or past two times, we've we've had a little conversation. I'm just going to do like a mock one right now. So right now, I just want to go over some of the questions that people might ask you. So, I mean, some of the questions that we've already done. So what if people ask you, you know, what if, what if these stories are just made up about Jesus? And so this is how I just answer in conversation. I'd say that there's so much historical data that Jesus lived in the time that he did and that people believed that he was the Messiah. People People worshiped him during that time. And there's actually more, there's more manuscript evidence of him living during that time, doing what he did, than there is any important historical figure of that time. And the other part is just the disciples spent years with him. They, they were his disciples. That means they conformed to what he did. They ate with him. They, saw him perform the miracles. So if there was any doubt in their mind that he was not the son of God, that he did not rise from the dead, 
then they wouldn't have sacrificed their lives for what they believed in. So 10 of the disciples were actually, they were murdered or killed for what they believed in. And I'd say that alone is enough evidence for me to believe that he is the son of God. Here's another question that people might ask. How can you believe that the Bible, how can you believe the Bible if it was written by humans? And I've, I've heard this question and some, I actually watched a video on it just the other day, but I would just ask them the same question of like, how many of you believe in scientific data that was written by humans? I think everybody would say, yeah, yeah, I believe in scientific data that is written by humans. And the same is true in this instance. Everything that we have written is, is written by humans. I mean, so the same is true with the Bible. I mean, this is data of people, the way they saw the life of Jesus and they wrote it down and they wrote it just as any other human would. And in this case, to their best ability. And I do believe that the Bible is compiled of the most important documents of the most important books, and that is God-breathed and God-inspired. So those are just a couple questions I wanted to go over y'all or go over with y'all. Now we're going to break up into small groups. There should be a list. I think Penn is going to bring it. It's make sure you look over this. Make sure that you are in the right group. And... If you're in junior high and you're now advancing to high school or there's different groups, even more so on the girls' side, if you're, if you're a freshman, sophomore, and you're advancing to a junior and senior, make sure that you're in the right group. And this is, to me, it's like a privilege. You, you're moving up to, to the next group. So make sure you're in the right one. Thank you all. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll pray real quick, and then we'll break up into small groups. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all of our many blessings. Um, Lord, I just pray over the small group time. I pray that if anybody has questions that they don't know how to answer, that, that they'd bring them to the leader, Father. And Lord, just thank you for the answers that you've given us. Thank you uh, for your son, the way that you love us, Father. Um, I pray that we just continue to do what you want. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.